Well, hello and welcome to episode number 149 of the EOTC podcast. Today, you're getting a recording of the first ever officially scheduled conversation on Clubhouse for the spiritual awakening and deconstruction journey community that I'm building. If you haven't already signed up, go to awakening.cliffravenscraft.com, sign up for the email uh subscription so that you can get notified whenever I host more rooms and opportunities for environments to engage with this community live. It's over in the show notes in your podcast app. Just look for it. It's got a link to awakening.cliffravenscraft.com. If you're not already on the mailing list, be sure to sign up. And what you're about ready to hear is a clubhouse room that I did titled, once again, Spiritual Awakening and Deconstruction. Ask me anything. And if you look down into the show notes, there'll be some timestamps with some of the questions and topics that came up in the room. Without any further ado, here's the recording. Well, hello and welcome to, I guess, the first official meeting of this brand new community that I have felt compelled and prompted within an impulse to create something for a community of people who may resonate with a little bit of the journey that I have personally experienced somewhat throughout my entire lifetime, but certainly more so I'm focused on the kind of experiences I've had in the past three and a half years. In fact, I talked about this on Facebook, which is where many of you first heard about all of this stuff, and you're like, what the heck is Cliff talking about here? What's going on? So I posted out there, out of curiosity, have you found yourself on a path of questioning and revising your own ingrained spiritual beliefs? Since 2020, I've been on a profound journey of spiritual awakening and deconstruction, I've been peeling away long-held beliefs that I unconsciously adopted for acceptance and affirmation within the religious environment of my upbringing. I have encountered concerns from some who came from my previous background, but surprisingly, I've discovered many more who are navigating a similar path. I've decided to host and facilitate a space, a safe environment for those who are on this spiritual awakening and deconstruction journey. It won't be a convert commercial endeavor, but rather a source of encouragement for those who are feeling isolated in their explorations. And so I said, if this resonates with you, let me know. And uh, I was actually shocked that there were only two expressed concerns. One was from a dear friend of mine, Brian, who said, I'm really concerned for you for two reasons. This is concerning for two reasons. Number one, I'm concerned for you because it seems like you've walked away from the truth and, you know, all of this stuff. And the other reason why I'm concerned is you're an incredibly influential person. And I am concerned for all of those who are seeking truth in all of the wrong places. So um, had some dialogue back and forth with him. And in fact, I am scheduled on Friday to be interviewed by Brian on my podcast, the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. I told him, I said, listen, if you're interested in having a further dialogue about this, I'm not interested in defending myself, but if you're curious, genuinely interested in who I am, 
why I've traveled the path that I'm on, and you're willing to ask probing questions and just to get a feel for what's going on in my life, I'd be delighted to have you and I get on an audio call together and I will hit the record button, I will intro the episode, and then I will give you the reins of the recording. I will let you interview me. The only thing is, is I just want you to know you're not going to get a debate out of me. I have no, I have nothing I want people to believe that I'm trying to convince people to believe, and I won't be defending myself because I have nothing to defend. And surprisingly, he was very open to the idea. He immediately accepted. And so we're scheduled to record that privately on Friday. Super delighted to bring that to you. Real quickly, um, the Facebook post uh, has received 168 comments. You could divide that by two, however many that is. That's how many people have expressed either a like or a love for this topic with their uh, with their voting of a pressing of a button on Facebook, of course. And the reason why you can divide it in half is because I've responded to each comment that's come in on the post. There are two links that I want to share with you. Uh, first and foremost, let me just type in encouraging others through Christ. As an announcement, this is the place where you can keep up to date with any of these meetings that you might miss or any of the other details of things that I want to share as it relates to this community, this spiritual awakening slash deconstruction uh, community. It is called the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. By the way, that does not mean that it is a Christian podcast by most people's definition. I still consider myself to be a Christian. That'll probably come out in Q&A today. But um, yeah, the the whole idea for me is that in my explorations, I've come to understand Christ consciousness. And when I decided I wanted to bring back my podcast, is it still, you know, should I rebrand? Should I change the name? Should I just launch a different podcast? And no, I, I was, I felt given and drawn to choose EOTC all the way back in 1996 when I first felt compelled to devote my life to being available, to being of service to others, to encourage others through my connection with Christ. So with that being said, it's the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. The recording of this call right here is going to be episode number 149 of that podcast and there'll be other podcasts, episodes that you won't want to miss. So check it out over at encouraging others through or encouraging others through Christ.com. And then I'm going to change the pinned link one more time here on Clubhouse and hit paste. And that is going to now send you to awakening.cliffravenscraft.com. Now Chances are most of you here on in this room today are already on this list. If you're not and you want to be notified of all of the spaces that I host, I'm not only going to use Clubhouse. I'm using Clubhouse here in the beginning, but I do plan to host other online streaming events. I may use Zoom. I may use StreamYard. I may use a lot of different platforms to do online stuff, and I may even facilitate and host in-person events, workshops, retreats, getaways, all sorts of other stuff in the future. This is 
definitely what I'm devoting the next season of my life to. So if you are interested in following up and staying on on top of all the announcements related to this community, awakening.cliffravenscraft.com. And maybe you're not quite sure what this is yet, but I do encourage you to ask yourself as you hear what happens here in this room and as you continue to follow along, if you know other people on this journey over the next couple of days, weeks, months, or years, be sure to send them a link to the EOTC podcast and also this email sign up. Links to that, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast recording of this in the show notes. Now, with that being said, I am once again hosting a room on Clubhouse. The title of the room is currently listed as Spiritual Awakening and Deconstruction, Ask Me Anything. And there are a couple of notes that I've prepared ahead of time. First, I've asked ChatGPT to help me create a explanation of what is spiritual awakening. And by no means does this mean an exhaustive definition of it. But when I read it, I'm like, yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm going after. So here's what ChatGPT came up with as far as what is spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening is a profound shift in an individual's consciousness, which consciousness could go into a whole topic in and of itself, and I have no doubt there'll be many different platforms where we will go deep into consciousness. But anyway, spiritual awakening is a profound shift in an individual's consciousness, often marked by a heightened awareness of one's self, the world, and the interconnectedness of all things. It involves transcending previous perceptions of reality and experiencing a sense of enlightenment or a quote-unquote wake-up call from routine and previously unquestioned beliefs. This transformational process can lead to a deeper sense of purpose, empathy, peace, and a greater understanding of life's purpose, its deeper truths, and often inspiring a reevaluation of personal values and priorities. The awakening can occur spontaneously, or it can be triggered by a significant life event. And it may encompass a variety of experiences and practices, such as meditation, mindfulness, exploration of different spiritual paths, or philosophical philosophical traditions. So that is spiritual awakening in a nutshell. Now, the next thing I went to ChatGPT and I said, can you give me a one paragraph description of deconstruction? Because, well, that's what I talk to people about. It's like, listen, I'm going through this deconstruction journey. So here's what it said. A deconstruction journey refers to the process of critically examining, questioning, and ultimately disassembling previously held beliefs, often, but not limited to, by the way, but often in the context of religious faith. This journey involves the intentional unraveling of foundational assumptions, dogmas, 
and doctrines that an individual has accepted, typically since childhood, to explore a more authentic and personal understanding of truth. It is often marked by deep introspection, doubt, and discomfort, but can also lead to spiritual growth, freedom, and a reconstructed worldview that is more nuanced, inclusive, and personally fulfilling. While it can be a challenging process, it often results in a deeper and more nuanced understanding of one's own faith or belief system. So that is the definition of deconstruction that I am using for this community. Now, I want to read to you a a brief summary. It's going to be one, two, three, four, five bullet points that will summarize a chapter of one of my favorite simple-to-read books. You could read this book in two and a half hours any afternoon you want. It's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And in the opening, I think it might be chapter one, it's called The Dream of the Planet. I could be wrong on the chapter number, but there is a chapter titled The Dream of the Planet. And here are five bullet points that will summarize what you will read in that book on what he calls and refers to the dream of the planet. He says, or it says, Ruiz explains that the dream of the planet refers to the shared beliefs, myths, agreements, and opinions that make up our human societies and cultures. This collective dream governs how we think and act. Bullet point number two, we are Born into this dream of the planet and taught from a young age how to live, think, feel, and behave according to its rules, concepts, and agreements. Our personal family, school, religion, and society shape how we perceive reality based upon this shared dream. The third bullet point. Adults teach children how to dream according to societal norms by hooking their attention and imprinting rules, language, and belief systems onto them through repetition and by rewarding and punishing certain behaviors. This process of quote-unquote domestication trains humans to live according to the dream of the planet. Bullet point number four. The dream of the planet can be likened to a fog or a smoke that clouds our ability to see ourselves and the world clearly. It keeps us trapped in fear, suffering, judgments, and lies that we accept as truth. This shared dream reinforces the idea that it is normal to live in fear, worry, sadness, and scarcity. And then finally, the first step to personal freedom is to realize that the dream of the planet is just a dream, and it's not necessarily the truth. We must become aware that we have been domesticated 
and that most of the beliefs that we hold are not even our own. This opens the door to questioning the dream and choosing a different dream, a new dream of heaven rather than hell. That is the summary of the Dream of the Planet chapter by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. If you haven't read that book, it's one that I highly recommend. Now, today, the format of this particular room is Ask Me Anything, and I am delighted to be of support and encouragement to anyone, answer any questions about this crazy journey, how did Cliff get here, all this other stuff, what have I been experiencing, what paths have I studied, anything you want to ask me whatsoever, I am here to be authentic and transparent and share whatever I can in essence to to just be encouragement to you that that it's okay to go out and explore what is true for yourself. There are a couple of key points that I want to make. Number 1, this and every environment that I host for this community is a safe space for exploration and sharing experiences. Please absolutely no judgment whatsoever. If I host a space and there's a place for you to comment, I ask you to hold your judgment and disagreements of anything you hear, keep it to yourself. It is not a place for disagreement. It is a place to just hear other people share their experiences. Also, I wanna let you know, my personal goal is not to provide you the answers that you are seeking but to encourage you to find all of those answers within yourself. By all means, be curious, ask questions, learn from what other people have experienced, find what works for you, and create your life from that, and let go of all of the other stuff that feels off, that doesn't resonate with you. Just Cling to whatever resonates with what's going on inside of you that will allow you to experience what I hope that you will get, which is, number one, my hope for you is that you will find peace, love, and joy from within yourself and that you'll no longer feel any need to seek peace, love, and joy from any external situation, circumstance, or any relationship with another person. I'm not saying that you can't have peace in a relationship or have love in a relationship. I'm saying that if you feel that you don't have enough peace, enough love, and enough joy, that you wouldn't go seeking any of that from those people as if they're somehow responsible for giving it to you or those circumstances or those bank accounts. Anyway, my hope is that you will discover your true freedom by letting go of any feeling of needing to seek validation for other from others from uh, you you may come into this community it's like oh my gosh it feels so good to be surrounded by people who some of them believe what i believe well i would encourage you to not just go deep into oh my gosh i found my people what and you will have some resonance with some people and trust me i'm connected with some people that i know some of the people in my community are not going to resonate with but let me just tell you if you could just come to the place where you no longer need to say i like this i hate that i i don't like these people are weird and if we could just get to the place where we would just be concerned about what do i believe and is this allowing me to experience love for myself 
and love for others and the peace that I desire and the willingness and courage to live this life and create what I feel called to live in this world. That, that is really what I, my hope is. There are two quotes that, I wa- that stand out to me as I prepare us for this conversation. And, and, and I don't mean just tonight's conversation, but all this conversation, the ongoing conversation. One, I believe, is from uh, Hamlet. I, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been uh, Shakespeare that wrote this. No, actually, no. Um, actually, it is not. It is, know thyself is the first quote that comes to my mind. And in fact, it's often attributed to uh, Socrates. And it was inscribed on the forecourt of the Temple of Apollo in Delphi in ancient Greece. But the first thing is, know thyself. That That's what I hope will happen is that you will come to know who you are, your true authentic self. And as you begin to discover who you are, then we go to a Shakespeare quote. This above all, to thine own self be true. That is what I wanted to share. And with that, we are now going to open up. I'm going to take a drink of water here. And Greg how may I be of any support or encouragement to you? Well, thanks so much, Cliff. Uh, can you hear me? I do hear you. That's awesome. I am totally thrilled to be here, and I just wanted to say I'm, I am a fairly new member to your community, maybe a month and a half, but I feel really proud to, uh, to be part of your community, not just because you're uh, knowledgeable and, and brilliant and, and all of that, but, you know, just because your demonstrated ability to live intentionally. And in this specific case, just, you know, amazing bravery. Uh, So I I am just uh, thrilled to be here. So thank you for putting this together. Um, So I'll move on with my question. And my question is, so having listened to a lot of your story that you've shared, um, you know, I've seen a progression where you have moved from being an employee to being self-employed and being in business and then coming to the conclusion that a lot of your success in business is driven by certain mindsets. I'm wondering if your exploration of mindset has also led you to be more spiritual. In other words, is your spirituality uh, underlying and aiding your mindset in the same way that your mindset underlies and helps you in your physical endeavors in the in the world so just curious about that i sort of imagine this these concentric circles where spirituality is in the center and mindset is the next rung of the circle etc so let me just make sure that i understand the question is are you asking the question did your exploration of mindset lead somewhat and 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 pave the way for a deeper exploration of your spiritual journey? And yes. vice versa, did your spiritual journey lead you to explore more of the mindset related stuff to help you experience more success personally and professionally? Correct. Okay. Well, I'll let you self-mute so that there's not the audio in the background, and I'll, I'll respond sure. to this as, as best I can and feel led and prompted in the moment. So I will say this, that most many people know my journey of starting out 
in business January 2008. And I, I must say that I must have had some sort of mental fortitude already to have the courage to leave 12 years as an insurance agent, a lifetime as an employee, and to pursue, to leave all of that in a family-run insurance agency that where there was incredible financial success and a guaranteed career path and financial, yeah, all of that was there, and to leave all of that to go pursue what I felt most called to do. Now, ironically, my spiritual life and my spiritual mindset is what gave me the faith and the courage to do that. So my spiritual belief system, my spiritual mindset is what paved the way for me to have the courage and the trust and the faith to step out into the unknown, to seek first the kingdom of God and trust that all those other things, such as how am I going to eat and put food on the table and and get paid and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, that. so I will say that my spiritual life did serve me well. And, and I want to also express this. I am on a deconstruction journey of deconstructing a lot of the beliefs that I've adopted over the years. Today, I no longer hold on to any of my agreements, particularly with evangelical, fundamentalist, orthodox Christian doctrines. I'm not saying that I don't have any agreement with them, but they're just not important to me to agree to and, and to adhere to. And I certainly, there are some that that are opposed to where I am today in my beliefs. But I want to say this, that Prior to 2020, the first 47 years of my life came from an evangelical, fundamentalist, orthodox Christian worldview, and it served me well and led me to the path of creating life on my terms when it comes to my own career path, my own professional life, stepping out of the shadow of, let's just say, my family and going out and creating my own thing. And I will tell you, I had some very awesome experiences. Uh, I had some very challenging experiences, but I had some awesome experiences where my my understanding is that God had shown some miraculous signs of provision, and I could tell many stories of this. And so, uh, it, the the journey has only deepened my relationship with God. This professional journey, this this other stuff. Now, the interesting thing, though is that there were certain things in my life that were missing that my my experience, I, I want to emphasize my experience of the institutionalized version of Christianity that I came up in, and I have a very diverse background in that, so it's not just one, one little flavor of Christianity, but my experience of Christianity did not answer a lot did not answer for the lack of emotional intelligence that I was experiencing in my life. And it became very evident to me at the highest level. I mean, I knew that I had some uh, low levels of consciousness or negative mindsets or a lot of fear, anxiety, and worry and and uh, worried about what other people would think about me fear of potential guilt all the time, a lot of shame, 
I experienced that before I went out on my own business. But when I became full-time self-employed and when things were really challenging for me financially that first year, I experienced the lowest emotional lows that I had ever experienced in my life. Now, I also experienced some of the highest emotional highs I've ever experienced in my life. But my life emotionally was a roller coaster. And the the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the stress for me led so much uh, to tap into my old belief system. Well, you don't earn money unless you work hard. And you the more you... The the more difficult something is, the more you should get paid for it. And what I was doing wasn't difficult. Uh, so, uh, you know, does that mean that I'm not worthy of the income that I'm getting? And also, the more you hate what you do, the more you should get paid to do it. And I loved what I was doing. And I, there came a lot of guilt and shame that I put on myself for doing work that I enjoyed so much when other people were getting laid off or working three or four jobs doing something they hate and making less money. Although at the time it would have been hard to make less money than what I was making at the time. But still, I was in that first year experiencing so much of this mindset stuff, this baggage, not related to God so much, but although there was that too. But the biggest struggle for me in my professional life was the fact that I felt like the only way that I could earn money is if I proved myself worthy of earning money. And the way that I could do that is to work seven days a week, every week for that first nine months without a single day off working 12 to 14 hours a day. And then also, if I could actually experience a lot of stress and and, and just challenges and obstacles, the more difficult that work was, the more worthy I would be of receiving financial return on investment of that time, effort, and energy. I know this is messed up, but it was my belief system. And quite frankly, it's what led me in January of 2009, after my first year in business, to land in the hospital where I almost died because I destroyed my physical body with all of that stress. And that was my first wake-up call. So my spiritual life led me to have the courage and the faith to pursue what I felt God was calling me to do. That's the way that I would view it. I still view it that way today. And yet, it also, the path that I went down, heightened my awareness of the fact that I got some mindset issues. So once I got out of the hospital and began my journey of healing physically, I also decided that some things have to change. I'm not going to go back to life the way it was. I'm not going to go work in the family business again. I know that this is the path I'm supposed to be on, and I'm going to figure it out. And so I began to read and study books that other people who who have found success attribute a lot of their inspiration for success to. And this led me to books like Think and Grow Rich. And the very first time I read Think and Grow Rich, it really... Um, it was a very challenging book for me to read because Napoleon Hill began talking about uh, universal consciousness and he would not refer to God and it seemed to be so quote-unquote new agey and woo-woo. And I had been conditioned to believe that those things should be avoided. But yet, I knew that other people who I respected 
and that I, you know, I would like to emulate a lot of their success and also who, quite frankly, are living a life of faith that I feel worthy of, of, of emulating in certain aspects of it in my life. They read it, and so I, I went ahead and read it anyway, in spite of those internal warnings from my quote-unquote domestication, which I referred to earlier. So I began reading that, and then I began reading a lot of other books, like Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And then I began an exploration of the subconscious mind, and I began an exploration of hypnosis and I began and self-hypnosis. And I began a lot of other explorations, and sure enough, there, several years down the road, all of a sudden, I am experiencing a lot of this self-help mindset improvement, and it is helping me understand that the only thing that's keeping me from creating the life that I want are the beliefs that I have that are limiting me and also the behavioral patterns that I've grown accustomed to, and also the thought patterns that I have grown accustomed to, and the emotional patterns that I've grown accustomed to. So it's my beliefs, it's my thoughts, it's my feelings. All of that is what's caused me to experience all of this pain and suffering. And once I discovered all of that, and I began to do the work to remove some of a lot of that limiting belief, I began to see massive, exponential, radical success in my personal and professional life. Now, as I continued to go there, then all of a sudden in 2014, I'm like, I wonder if I could do something about my physical health. And I, I'm i like, hey, let me take what I've learned to generate, I actually grew my business to a half a million dollar a year business. I wonder if I could take these principles of mindset and apply it to my physical health. And I made a commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And I started going to the gym, eating right. And lo and behold, over a couple of years, I lost over 100 pounds, put on about 30 pounds of muscle mass. And, and I'm living the life physically that I wanted to live. And I'm like, wow, this is great. This is awesome. And then I decide to make a major change in my life again. I want to help people with mindset. This, this really is the most important stuff, is the mindset stuff. So I began to explore that, helping people, and I really realized that a lot of people are struggling with mindset, and they're not quite sure who they are. And I came across this story by Dan Miller. It's about a centurion that, you know, long story short, there's, a, there's this two questions this guy was asked, and he's like, wow, I'll pay you every day if you would wake up, come to my house, and if I leave my house, the first thing you ask me before I walk out, as I walk out the door, ask me these two questions, who are you and why are you here? Now, I began to journal prompt that, and at first, it was all ego personality, and Maybe in this and in future explorations, we'll get into what ego and personality is, but I was fully identified as ego personality. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm a business owner. I'm a husband. I'm a this. And then it's like, why are you here? Well, I'm here to serve, and, and this is the work that I do, and this is the kind of work that I do. But over time, Greg and everyone else, I began to, just from within, find that my understanding of who I am was changing. Actually, that's not accurate. What is accurate, knowing what I know now, is that as I continued my journey, 
I was actually removing limiting beliefs about who I think I was and the real, true, authentic who I am became evident to me over time. So if you were to ask me, Cliff, who are you? I would tell you right now, I'm a divine spiritual being here having a human experience. I currently drive a vehicle called a body and it's run by an operating system and a belief system and an ego personality called Cliff Ravenscraft who has all of these stored memories. And, which may sound crazy, but that's that's this thing. However, where did that come from? All of that came from a wake-up call. And my wake-up call, if you remember back in the beginning of this conversation, this awakening can occur sp- spontaneously or triggered by a significant life event. Well, a significant life event that triggered my spiritual awakening was this thing called the COVID-19 pandemic. It radically halted my regular, regularly scheduled routines, habits. It broke all of my thought pa- patterns. It brought all of my emotional, it broke all of my emotional patterns. It broke all of my behavioral patterns. Everything changed when we all got isolated into our homes. And so I began a journey of exploration. And by this time, I was reading a book by Autobiography of a Yogi, which uh, by Parman Hadza Yogananda, and that led me into a greater, deeper exploration. For the very first time in my life, giving myself permission to explore information about my relationship with God, the source, the universe, all that is outside of the Bible. So, Greg... Is that an adequate answer for your question? Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, thank you, Cliff. My pleasure. And feel, I, yeah, go ahead. What's your follow-up? Well, I was going to say I, I could, I could, I could rattle off a dozen questions, but I know there's, I know there's other folks here. So um, maybe if there's uh, time, I can, I can have another, uh, another question. But uh, you know, thank you so much. Yeah, that that that. That definitely solidifies a lot of things for me, and and uh, thanks so much. You're welcome. And please, yeah, just stay here on stage. I'm going to go to Fiona next, then to Crystal, and then I'll open it up for anybody else to raise their hand and come up and ask a question. And But I will come back to you as, as we have more time here if you're able to hang out. So, Fiona, you are next. Feel free to uh, ask any question whatsoever. Hey, Cliff. How are you? I have never been better. Can you hear me? And it gets better every minute of the day. I absolutely love that. There's so much you have shared there, Cliff. And I just really did want to express my gratitude to you for um, creating this space. It's something um, I, yeah, really feeling very, very called to myself at the moment. So um, it was just really encouraging to sort of see somebody like yourself. I've been, I sort of messaged you. Um, Cliff, you've been in my world since about 2014 or 15 when you your training and resources helped us set up our first podcast. So, you know, I have a huge amount of gratitude for you for the professional work you've done over the years and the immense impact that your work has had on so many people, like more than you, as I know you know, more than you will ever possibly know. So you've got courage and I think that's 
amazing and I'm delighted to be here. But there's two things I wanted to say. One was about the Think and Grow Rich and I just had this vision of, you know, he talks about the mastermind and that was the first time I'd come across that concept. And it's like, this is what this is. This is just a group of people coming together for a common cause and the, the sum of our total parts is greater than the individuals and it's, yeah. And also too with Yogananda, check out Christ Consciousness as well. He, he wrote two incredible books about um, a... Um, a commentary on the Bible, and I, I found that incredibly helpful as well. Uh, before you go, of, before you go any further, I just yeah. want to say uh, for anybody that's listening, it, the book is called "The Second Coming of Christ: The Resurrection of Christ Within You: A Revelatory Commentary on the Original Teachings of Jesus." It's a two-volume commentary by Yogananda on the teachings of Jesus. It is absolutely phenomenal. Okay, go ahead. Yes, so um, I have, I have uh, you know. As Greg said, there's so so many different directions we could take this in. And as a mindset coach, one of the things that you said um, about you know when you know if we're coming in with judgment or anything like that, you know, not it's not this is not a space to necessarily get into debates and discussions or anything like that. But just it's helpful if you feel triggered or if you're reacting to something that you're hearing somebody say to actually write that down and use that as part of your own self exploration to understand and uncover you know what that block might be for you or what that um what that what that what that is triggering within you because we we understand who we are in contrast to the world around us so this is also a a space for people to um really explore what they're struggling with through what they hear other people saying or doing so i just yeah i just think it's wonderful but my question for you cliff you talk about awakening and I'm, I, I'm, this is something I'm really um, exploring myself at the moment. So I had a, a, a significant awakening in 2013, but I didn't realise it was a higher consciousness awakening, if you will. Um, sorry, can you hear me because of the wind? I hear you. And, yeah, and so my life literally changed radically in the space of like two weeks like absolutely everything in my life shifted and then I I started as you did you know went on the path of listening to things reading things learning about things I'd started my own business and that is really truly I think a business is a vehicle for spirituality there is no question because everything has to be stripped away that doesn't serve um but over the years and I've been studying with a master as well over the years I've kind of struggled with how do I put this um I guess doubting in a way my purpose like my ego has hooked into it and taken me down wrong paths and then I all of a sudden will go oh this is not the way I'm meant to be going and I've kind of been stripped back at each point and then been kind of redirected and I actually had one of those experiences at the end of last year where absolutely I just everything stopped and it was like everything got taken from me and I had to work out because I knew I was going the wrong way but I I couldn't work out how and I'm a single parent I've got a business um, you know like I've got lots of let's call them reasons for you know I need to be focusing on making money and on all the rest of it but every time I go that way Cliff it doesn't end well and so I'm really genuinely curious so for me my spirituality is actually that is the underpinning of absolutely everything in my life 
But I'm just being called more and more for that to be the underpinning of my business in a more, um, I don't know if you want to say vocal way, like I feel it's almost in a way like you're feeling, I have a moral responsibility, duty and obligation. Like there is no, it's not a choice. There is almost no choice in that. Even though there is 100% a willing choice, my willing choice is that there is no choice, if that makes sense. And I'm just curious, is that something you can kind of relate to? Like, you know, this pro- it's a process of awakening. I think there is, a, there is a trigger point, but then we go back and we come forward and we go back and we come forward. But each time, each of those retreats or those doubts or those valleys, it kind of gives us a greater hunger. Do you, have you found that? Like, or is it, I, I know it prob- probably hasn't, but have you found it to be more of a straight line that you've never questioned and you've just gone, this is it, this is what I'm doing? Well, I'll tell you what, Fiona, I'm gonna, because of the background, I'm going to ask you to self-mute. I'm going to respond to you, yep. and then I'll let you respond to my response. All right. So, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind before I answer, you know, how much of that resonates with my journey is I, I, so I wrote this down as I was taking notes as you were speaking, and you said that my, uh, you know, doubting my, over the years, I've kind of struggled with doubting my purpose is kind of one way that you phrased it. My ego, my ego has taken me down wrong paths, such as this is not the way I'm supposed to be going. Uh, for example, maybe one of those paths led you to a place where everything got taken from you and, and stuff like that. So if there's anything that I have experienced as it relates to that, you know, going down what feels maybe like some paths that weren't necessarily what I should have, could have done or uh, things of that nature. One of the things that I personally am exploring is the idea of letting go of judgment of even that. Uh, First and for me personally, and again, this may or take it for what it is, but I don't think that I can choose a wrong path. I, I believe that that I am being divinely guided through life and God, the source, all that is, my higher self, my inner being, knows exactly what it is I came here on earth to do and to experience. And I believe I as I do believe that everything that I experience is allowed to serve a purpose, if nothing else, just to help me free myself from attachment to control of things that are outside of my control. But I, for me, one of the things that I have personally experienced is, have I gone down some paths during the last three and a half years and studied some things and done some things that, you know, looking back, it's like, Okay, was that really worth it? You know, did I did I need to did I need to go and and express myself in that way and all this other stuff? And I, you know, I, I just refuse to regret any of it and only to see it as a learning experience. So one of the things that I have just learned to do for myself is, and, and what I find value in is not judging whether or not I'm going down the right path or the wrong path, but I'm just going down a path and I'm eager to learn whatever I will learn based upon this path that I'm on and that I've chosen to take in. So that that's the first thing that I wanted to share there. Uh, do you want to respond to that, Fiona? No, I really appreciate that. And I think um, that's, that's the, 
that's the piece I've just, it's like it's just on the edge of letting it go. It's like, you know, I've been, the, you have to go to the wrong way to know you're going the wrong way. But there's still such judgment on that. And that's the piece, I think, for me about that self-judgment that it's it's just it's just no longer serving me anymore and it's okay to let that go now yeah that that's what i've yeah. discovered for myself is it it's okay to let go of the self-judgment just it completely yeah. and to to yeah. surrender myself to my connection to god or the source or whatever to know that i am being divinely guided that there's nothing i mean my my ego personality if i if i get really you know, hunkered into and attached to my perceiving things through my limited self, then and my smaller self, then sure, I I, I could go all t- down all sorts of paths that may you know that what are, there's a scripture in the Bible that says everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Uh, but the thing is, is that I love what you said. You you said that oh gosh, how did you phrase it just a moment ago? But you said something about the fact that. You don't know the right path unless you've traveled down a couple of the things you don't want. And so I see all of that as a, a great learning. It's like these that path that I went down and it led to these results and the way that I did it and the way these this uh, these results, everything getting taken away from me, hmm, I wonder if I can take that experience, learn from it, grow from it, and ask myself, what do I want to create and how do I want to proceed next? And can I do it differently in a way that doesn't actually yield those results? And so, and not to mention the fact that you'll be a great source of encouragement to others when they ask you, hey, what do you think? And rather than you saying, hey, here's the answer, you can say, hey, here's my experience. Take it, take from it what you will. I think, Cliff, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I've honestly felt for the last 10 years. Like it has been, it has been a difficult path in a lot of ways. There's significant obstacles to overcome, but nothing has been wasted. And I, it's like I'm just getting to this point now where I, I am cu- coming out, if you will, like really coming out in a way that is, um, you know, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, this is what I believe in, and I, it's okay if that's not okay with you, but it's important that I share it. And I thought what was really interesting about you shared that post that you said, I actually posted something probably at a very similar time to you. It was over the weekend. Um and it's, it's like had like five times more reach than anything else I have posted. And people are really hungry or curious or seeking something at the moment. And that, that's that being able to be in that place where it's like, well, all of my experiences have got me to here. And where I am is actually amazing. Like I love myself and I love my life. I just want this this internal dialogue of self-judgment or, or am I doing the right thing or, you know, what are people going to think? I just, I'm ready for it to go. Like truly ready for it to go. So you've really helped me. How Thank much, you. have you incorporated a practice of meditation to still those thoughts of self-judgment? I have written a book about it. So, but this is, this is what I'm, I, I literally have written a book on meditation. Meditation was the key for me that changed my life. But it's that, even then that 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 sense of the ego hooking into who are you to do that for me like I'm on a journey of self-mastery so it's almost like the voices get becomes louder before it quietens down and um yeah so meditation is a core part of my personal 
spiritual practice, but also something that I teach all of my clients as well. So um, it's, yeah, it's very important, but I'm, I'm, I'm clearly, and this is, this is where it hooks in, right? Not practicing what I'm preaching if I'm still struggling with this. That's, that's the loop that I get stuck in, if that makes sense. It does. And can I share something that came up for me as you said self-mastery? And I, yeah. by no means do I think you actually said this or believe this, but for some reason, um, I heard self-control. I'm trying to control myself. I'm trying to, pu- oh, I'm trying to control my ego. This, this is all about self-mastery. But what if, what if self-mastery was accepting my ego for what it is and imperfect filter of perception of everything that can never be perfect and what if self-mastery or mastery of self it which basically just simply to me would mean mastering my ability to see things from my higher self's advantage point or vantage point and perspective and not see things from my ego personality which might have some perfectionistic tendencies and so what if master self-mastery doesn't mean bringing your ego into submission but you absolutely having unconditional love for your, your ego as it is without judgment that's so beautiful cliff that's great thank you thank it's, that's incredibly helpful thank you because i think also too what's fascinating with this all of this stuff is from that egoic perspective, it's almost impossible to see because it's hidden, it's hidden. And we, we need conversations like this with each other where we can be really open and trusting and vulnerable to have our peers, our colleagues who want the best for us as we want the best for them to help us see that. And to me, that's, that's, that's that unconditional love and acceptance for the world around us you know wanting that for other people as well so i really appreciate that cliff thank you my pleasure there is one other thing that you mentioned fiona that i want to answer and it was the question of do i resonate with the idea of feeling obligated to speak openly and and all this other stuff and that that has been my journey i came about two years ago, I, I relaunched the Encouraging Others Through Pi, uh, Christ podcast, and I said, hey, here's a new season. I had been privately sharing my spiritual journey very authentically with about 85 people who were subscribed to my Train With Cliff audio journal podcast, and I, I decided to go public with it, and I, I got a little pushback, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't like that pushback, and so I you talked about the fact that, you know, about the idea of, you know, needing to find ways to, in, you know, bring the income in or whatever and do the things that we do in business and all this other stuff. Well, for me, stepping out two different times, I did a little bit in 2021 and then I did a little bit in 2022. And each time I dipped my toes into the water of being my authentic self and beginning to express myself through my encouraging others through Christ podcast and just being more authentic in my answers in my coaching conversations in my mastermind groups that I facilitate the result of that has I have already lost over 120,000 maybe $150,000 in annual revenue by being my authentic spiritual awakening deconstruction person who is no longer agrees with orthodox doctrine anymore and and 
what I will, what I'm saying there is there were people who have been, there were like four or five people who were in my mastermind group for four or five years who all left within a two week period of time. And a number of one-on-one clients who chose not to renew and or cancel midterm in their coaching contracts with me because my worldview no longer validated their own and and they felt that the that it was necessary to not be influenced by somebody who is seeking the kind of things that I'm seeking and exploring so I'm very much familiar with the idea of this and then here's the other thing is is that I feel no obligation whatsoever I don't feel like it's my mission. And by the way, this is my own personal journey. I'm not suggesting what you should or should not feel. But for me, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to save anyone. I don't feel like it. Trust me, I went 47 or actually more than 30 years of my evangelical life feeling like it was my responsible to save the world uh, through preaching the gospel and all this other stuff. But today... I don't feel like it's my responsibility. I don't feel like there's any obligation that I I was somehow here put out, you know, put on this earth to open this dialogue and to encourage these people and all this other stuff. All I can tell you is that it is my heart's greatest desire. There's nothing that fulfills me more than conversations about stuff like this for the last three and a half years. And so for me, it's been less and less about I feel obligated and that I should do this as much as it is for me, my experience is I feel a little part of me die every day that I don't live out and express the fullest version of myself because I'm afraid of how it's going to impact my financial income levels. And so for me, what I've, and it's only just this past week, actually, I went to Sedona, Arizona, had two mystical experiences. They were awesome. And it unlocked something in me. I came back and this happened, what we're doing now. I I brought my Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast back for like the fourth or fifth time. I moved it off of my gspn.tv website. If you go to cliffravenscraft.com, for the very first time, you click on podcasts and the second podcast listed is Encouraging Others Through Christ and it says, launched in 2006, this podcast has evolved remarkably from its roots in evangelical Christianity. This podcast took a significant turn in 2021 after I embarked on a journey of spiritual awakening and deconstruction. Today, while I cherish the Bible and my relationship with Jesus, I integrate diverse perspectives from various spiritual paths like Hinduism, Buddhism, shamanism, among others. This podcast stands as a safe haven for those on a spiritual awakening journey or going through a a deconstruction process. That, Fiona, for me, was a big step to finally put that on my professional website and also the Cliff Ravenscraft show. While I don't feel obligated or even uh, like... I don't necessarily feel like that's going to be my spiritual show. What I will say is that I finally feel the block removed, the creative block. There will be more content for the Cliff Ravenscraft show. It will be mindset answer man related. It will it will definitely help people understand what I think about what it takes to succeed personally and professionally. A lot of business focused mindset stuff in that podcast, but Unlike the past three and a half years, I'm no longer going to hold back and filter out my deep philosophical, new age, uh, unorthodox viewpoints. That my that language, the fullest expression of who I am, is there. And in a way, 
what I had come to is I understood, I, I saw myself as, as a metaphor. There are, I used to be a pastor for 10 years, and one of the biggest challenges anybody has as a full-time pastor, where, and I wasn't a full-time pastor, but, um, and, and I, my income was, came from other means other than my pastoring, but I did life with lots of other pastors, and there's this philosophy out there that it's very difficult as a pastor to actually express, say, express and say and share the things that you are thinking or experiencing as a pastor, the things you feel inspired and led to share, when what you feel inspired to and led to share is outside of the norm of what's accepted in the minds of those who are paying your paycheck. And so I recognize it's like, okay, so I've dipped my toes in the water of being my authentic self. And for the first 17 years of my online business, I built an online business attracting people who were attracted to the fact that for the first 47 years of my life, I was an evangelical fundamentalist orthodox Christian, and that's what they loved about me. And it's it, it's become incredibly clear that those who are not open to at least broadening their perspective in the world, that they leave. And so if I don't go, for me, and again, for me, if I don't go to the Cliff Ravenscraft show, and if I don't start sharing in my email newsletters, and if I don't start showing up in social media with all of this language, I'll never, the, the people who will hire me, the people who will work with me, the business owners who are on this journey, and they'll never know that I am available to have these conversations. And the reality is, is that if I keep quiet, then sure, I'll keep all of those people. They won't unsubscribe in mass from my podcast and my mailing list and social media and unfollow me. But what good is it for me to keep them all subscribed and following me if when they actually think about hiring me, they get they catch wind that this is who I am and then decide to bail on me? So I, I just discern, discerned for myself finally I don't know how, I have no idea how this is going to impact me over the next 90 days as I become more and more open about this, but I have faith and I have a full expectation that my vibe will attract my tribe. So does that answer that other aspect of it for you? A hundred percent. It absolutely does. Because yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the point I'm on at the moment. And it's not about, um, I think it's a good point that you meant about a duty or an obligation. It's not even that. It's just this. This. It's an. It's a need within me to be sharing more. That's the only way I can really describe it. And it's okay for me to post what I'm posting. That I literally have this inspiration to do something, and I do it. And I'm finding I'm finding it easier to post it on Facebook, but I'm not able to translate that across to LinkedIn. And that's like I don't understand what my reluctance is for that because, as you say, like people can unfollow, they can unsubscribe. I've never had a problem with that. So I think it is just actually just letting it all fall away, and just following that guidance without. As soon as there's that thought in my head about should I or shouldn't I, it's like that's not that's not that's not my job. That's not my job. My job's just to literally share what I feel called to share, and that's yeah. it. And and it's not my job where that lands up. That's not my business. And and one of the things that I'm exploring, Fiona, and if you'll yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the things that I'm exploring as I do this is like, oh, you know what? I don't actually have. And, and again, this isn't suggesting of what you should do, but as I'm doing this, it's like I have created encouraging others through Christ 
the the podcast as a podcast for me to you know share as as crazy the most esoteric and craziest things I could possibly share that I've been exploring over the last three and a half years. But but in social media, recognize there's a part of me that recognizes the value in respecting the limiting uh, uh, that no <laughs> okay there's something that that it, there's value in respecting the worldview and belief system of those who still adhere to the fundamentalist evangelical christian doctrine now that's not to say that i won't be open about what I, who I am, and I won't express these things, but I do recognize that, wait a second, it's not important for me to say, hey, here's something you should be thinking about in some of these social channel, channels and in, in, in the Cliff Ravenscraft show. So while for the Cliff Ravenscraft show, the, the idea is I, I still recognize, at least for now, um, that more than 65% of that audience comes from an evangelical, fundamentalist, orthodox Christian upbringing. And, they're, and, and I am not looking to change their belief system in any way, shape, or form. But So I'm not going to open up and create new episodes of, hey, have you spoken to your spirit guides and talked to them about your business this week? I'm not going to put that on my LinkedIn or my, um, you know, my Cliff Ravenscraft show, but I would put it in the EOTC podcast, and I would put it into a link to that EOTC podcast about speaking to your spirit guides about your business pursuits and decisions. Um, that's something that I would email to my mailing list of people who have specifically signed up to get that information. So, I'm I'm still working this out. I don't have all of the details, but I have. I have determined and discerned for myself there are nuanced ways that I can be the fullest expression of myself while still respecting the fact that that it's not my desire for other people to leave or abandon their belief systems and I don't want to do things that that would cause them to do that. So I, I don't know if that was helpful. Super, thank you. That's just—it's just understanding different. There's different. There's different means of communication. There's different methods of communication. As you say, there's nuances. There's different levels of um, opt-in or buy-in, I guess, as well. Um, I really appreciate that. That's super helpful because, that, and that's what I mean. You know, when I said before about going the wrong way with things, that's kind of what I meant. It's like sometimes I, I, I go for stuff which is probably exactly as God has designed me to do and then I think oh I could have taken a pause here and had that conversation with Cliff back then do you know what I mean yeah does that is that does that it, make sense so it makes perfect sense sorry. But, but that's the thing it, it it's not that you you took the wrong way you took a way you saw results and say wow I think I might prefer a different way and you wouldn't know that had you not experienced it and then, but then having the ability to take that, that learning and then go, right, okay, maybe I'll have a conversation with somebody at this point when I'm just questioning it rather than going, yeah. So that's unbelievably helpful. Thank you so much, Cliff. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And the, the biggest thing for me is, is the, my ego personality 
is tends to have have a pattern throughout my lifetime. My ego personality tends to be let let's go all in on something. I'm all or nothing, and let's burn all the bridges. And so my ego personality last week was like, hey, let's just flood all of my content channels and all my social media channels with all of my um, esoteric, new age, woo-woo language, and let me just cause and force all of those people to unsubscribe. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's, that, no, that's not <laughs> I totally the way. get that. I totally understand what you just said then. <laughs> yep, and, 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 my, and so my higher self says to me, no, that that's not the way we're doing this. That that's that's not what that's not what this is all about. This the, that what you're doing is you're you're actually still judging yourself in the for the ways that you used to judge others. Cliff, you have to understand and my higher self spoke to me and said, "You have to understand not everyone is going to judge you the way that you used to judge others." You need to let them have the opportunity to continue to respect you for who you are, to understand that your beliefs have gone outside of their beliefs, and while they may not agree with you, they still very much love and respect you, and they will remain a faithful and loyal follower and subscriber and still take whatever it is that God speaks through you to them that works for them in much the same way that you're doing as you explore explore spiritual paths of people that, that do or say or experience things that you don't understand or that doesn't feel right to you. So how so give people credit and let go of that judgment of yourself on how you used to judge others. That that's kind of where I've come to recently. Excellent. Thanks, Cliff. You're welcome, Fiona. All right. Before I go to Crystal, I just want to say to anybody who is here, if you're a house member, feel free, if you want to come up and ask me a question, feel free to raise your hand. I will bring you up on stage. If you do raise your hand and I bring you up on stage and you want to ask a question, just do me a favor and make sure that you're on mute as soon as you're up on stage. It should automatically mute you. But if uh, for John, Luann, Grace, Liz, Scott, or Keith, if you want to ask a question, feel free to raise your hand now. All right, Crystal. Hello, welcome. How can I be of service to you? Hi, Cliff. Thank you so much. I want to make sure my audio is good. My uh, situation has changed a little bit. Is uh, everything cool on your end? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, good. Um, I want to thank Greg and Fiona first, you know, for asking questions that have led you to share things that I have to go, "Mm, that needs to go into my, you know, list of being more mindful, things to do, things to be aware of. Um, and in thinking about, okay, what question should I ask? Cliff? I have many questions, so I'm trying to decide if it's going to be a more generalized question or a specific question. But, um, while I think of what that will be, I want to thank you also for holding this space of, of safe, safe communication and, um, sharing in like what I would probably call a contemporary spiritual, you know, we can call it woo-woo if you want. <laughs> but <laughs> I know the minute you say that, some people are like, woo, you know. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like as the planet evolves, as people evolve, um, things change and perspectives change and things shift. And it's been so enlightening for me 
to see you, someone who I look to as a mentor, I respect very much um, taking this path, the path that I have been kind of walking myself, I would say since probably 1998, um, when I first had some, you know, life experiences that will shift your awarenesses and bring you to that realization of like, oh, you know, you have your awakening here. And then that continues to evolve. And the next opportunity comes and another awakening happens. And I've always felt a little like, um, you know, not, I don't want to say not normal, but um, you can say not normal. Yeah, not normal in terms of how I think and feel based on the kind of general, you know, consensus of things of this nature. Um, You know, unless you're in a very connected spiritual community and you talk to other people about um, star seeds or light language, things like that, they're like, you are crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, or my need to, you know, handle my crystals or put my feet in the grass, things like that. Um, so it's been really nice to kind of be on this path, you know, find you as a mentor. And I want to say probably 2013 in a very practical, pragmatic, um, time of looking at other options of careers and things like that. And then following your journey through, uh, free the dream, having the experiences we all had there together, um, also, I would call spiritual awakenings because the the first gathering, especially um, the second one also was just like, I had a hard time, like even being in my body after that um, and holding on to that experience. So coming back around, my questions for you, um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, trying to, when you're navigating these personal evolutions and personal realizations and how do you when there's people who may be in your same family that you're in relationship with that just are not at that level um on their own path there's there's not um i would say i don't know there's maybe some disagreement even on their side, but you're in relationship with them. You're in friendship with them. And you, you desire to obviously continue pursuing this friendship or fellowship with those others. How do you navigate that without the ego triggers? Um, Cause I find that what'll happen is, you know, they'll make an evaluation or a judgment or maybe say something and then the ego triggers. And then I will find myself that day just living in the ego of impatience and, you know, first world problems when I'm like, this is not where I live inside. So my question would be, what are your, I guess, tactics or tools for on a daily basis, you know, keeping those relationships thriving, but when you're moving forward in ways that they're not, nor will they maybe in any time in the future. I love this question and all of the various aspects of the question. So, so much is coming up for me. I'll let you self-mute so that I can okay. respond without any background audio. Wonderful. Uh, thank you. So, ah, wow. Okay, so navigating the personal evolutions and these self-realizations, how do I navigate the relationships with fa- people in my life, the family and the close personal relationships with people who 
not only maybe not share that path, but maybe even have some level of disagreement. Uh, so let me give you some personal examples of, of how I resonate with that particularly. So first and foremost, my mom is a hardcore fundamentalist, evangelical, orthodox Christian. She is also an incredibly uh, conservative Republican Fox News watcher all day, and I love her for all of that. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that she is in full disagreement with what I believe today. Now, one of the things, one of the tactics that I do in navigating that relationship is I just choose not to have conversations with her about these things. It, there are so many other things that my mom and I have in life that we share in common, and I choose to focus on those things. Also, one of the things that I will say is that um, I one of the things that I have chosen in my own journey to have as a way of seeing things is not that I'm actually moving forward and they're not. And and I'm not making any judgment of your statement of that, Crystal. Please understand. But for me, because I, I but I did I did have that at one time. And it's like, wow, I wish these people would just wake up kind of deal. And but they're not. They're staying stuck. And I wish they would but at the same time, it's like, wait a second. No, nobody ever forced me to wake up. Nobody ever pressed me to wake up. And quite frankly, I have my ego personality is the type that if you would have tried to, I would have resisted it all the way. And so I very much appreciate the number of people in my community. And I've reached, as you know, hundreds of thousands of people with the content that I've created over the last 17 years. And I have had clients and, and and podcast listeners and community members, even such as yourself. You said you've been on this journey since 2013. And how many times have you heard me say things from a fundamentalist, evangelical, hardcore, uh, dogmatic belief system? I know you've heard me say something that isn't in alignment with what you believe. You probably saw, it's like, wow, that, that comes from close you know, belief system. But yet, here's the thing, Crystal, you never once reached out and said, Cliff, I really don't agree with you. Have you ever considered opening your mind to a broader perspective? But yet, you were patient with me. You loved me. You stuck with me through it all. And more than anything, we've ever, you and I have had many conversations over the year over the years, and you never once ever brought up the fact that you and I, on a spiritual level, are not in alignment. And yet, we've had an incredibly powerful friendship and relationship. And the first place that this came to me was back in 2008. I was a, uh, I had developed a very close friendship with a gentleman by the name of Chef Mark Tafoya. I, I met him in 2006 when I first launched Podcast Answer Man. He listened to our Lost podcast. He and I became incredibly fast friends. He joined me as a co-host on many podcast episodes, and he was such an incredible le- source of encouragement. Now, I will tell you, at that time, I was a hardcore fundamentalist evangelical Christian, and and quite 
obnoxiously so. Now, not that all, not, I certainly don't think that everyone who's an evangelical Orthodox Christian is obnoxious, but I was one of those ones that was, okay? Now, it was about nine months into my relationship with Chef Mark that I learned that, number one, he was a humanist, and number two, that he was bisexual, and that he was dating men. And my worldview, like, you talk about being triggered, that triggered me. It triggered my belief system. It triggered, it's like, how, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, I wonder if I should continue giving him a platform. You know, what if I, what if people come to get to know Mark and like him as a result of hearing him on my podcast, and then they start following his podcast, and then he starts influencing them in a way that I disagree with. I mean, this is this is who I was. And you know what? I actually told Mark that. I told him. I, I, I said, Mark, I, I don't know how to handle this situation. I've never, I, I don't even know what to do. And and I was just authentic with him. And and he says, Cliff, I, you, quite frankly, I'm a little hurt by that. And I said, well, I understand. And I, I, I apologize for hurt. I just wanted to authentically tell you what's going on here. And and it, it became a little bit of an issue for us. But you know what? Ultimately, we overcame that and we continued to focus on the things that we shared in common. So it wasn't so much on the spiritual awakening thing as much as it was we didn't we just weren't on the same wavelength. We didn't resonate with one another's belief systems and worldviews and and so that was one of my earliest ways of navigating some of this and then eventually when I left insti- institutionalized performance-based Christianity, going to church on Sundays. My, my wife and I left that in 2011, well before I left my fundamentalist agreements with Orthodox Christianity back in uh, 2020. So so I had, a, I had a, a lot of those relationships with my friends. Like, you know that I'm a part of the Green Room Mastermind. There are five men in the Green Room Mastermind that I've met with every single week for five weeks. All of them are evangelical uh, Orthodox Christians, and very strong ones at that. And and so they navigated with me through the process of here's here's one of their own, if you will, in this group that no longer lives out the same method of going to church on Sunday as they do. And by the way, I had always been very open to all five of those men about my explorations. I told them I hired a shaman, uh, a new age philosophy uh, person to be my spiritual coach for six months. And I'm, and I told them about the things that I was exploring. And quite frankly, I was ready for all, any and all five of them to quote unquote abandon me, but none of them did. They all loved me unconditionally. They still do today. They know they've they've they're all very much aware of what's gone down in Sedona. They're very much all aware of what's gone down this week since I've been back, and they're aware of this call today and the podcast and all this other stuff. And they still love me. So um, now, when it comes to my children, my 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 children don't quite understand everything that's going on in my life spiritually. And it's not, the thing is, is my daughter and her fiance was over this Sunday and they invited themselves over. My wife was out of town with our youngest. Matthew was out doing some other things, but my daughter and her fiance came over. We were watching television together. She says, dad, why don't we turn off television and talk? I said, well, what do you want to talk about? 
She goes, well, I don't know, just name anything. I said, well, do you want to talk about you know, the meaning of life and the purpose of, of, of existence and why we're here? And she said, sure. <laughs> and so I went on this thing and her, her, fian- her fian- fiance and I went into the deepest esoteric teachings that I have explored, the depths of what I've explored for three hours in our living room. And it was a fascinating conversation and it was fun. And it wasn't like, hey, I don't I don't expect you guys to believe any of this stuff. But if you if you want to chat and you know, let's let's talk. Let's have fun. And we and we had a fun conversation. But I've been on this journey for three and a half years, and uh my my future son-in-law says to my daughter, What do you think about that? She goes, Well, this is the first time I've heard any of this stuff. <laughs> So, um, my, my son and my youngest, they, they know very little about this stuff. Stephanie, uh, she, she, she has, she's such a trooper. Um, I, I would come up from these weekly coaching experiences with my coach and it's not like a standard coaching. This isn't like we're sitting down and having a chat for an hour and we're talking conversation back and forth. This is, this is a guided meditation and a leading through incredibly deeply mystical, esoteric, metaphysical experiences. And every time I'd come home, it's like, well, I, I, I did astro projection and I, I, I visited the planet Nibiru this week. <laughs> she's like, what? And we would sit down and, and she's like, you know, hey, it is what it is. You be you. And and yeah, so for me, I just I just test the waters of where people are and anybody who may not accept or even disagree with where I'm at. In my relationship with them, I choose to focus where are we in such a way in our relationship that we, what is it that we share in common? And more than anything, what is it that's going on in their world that's most important to them? And how can I be curious about their life and what they're experiencing and what they're struggling with and be of support and encouragement to them without any need to judge them for, you know, where they're at in their own spiritual life? So, Crystal, was that helpful? Yes, definitely. Especially what you just said about, um, you know, in in my communications or interactions with that person, looking at what is it they need? How can I be of service to them instead of looking at, you know, how they're not agreeing with me <laughs> or um, the differences or, you know, the different places we are on the paths. So I definitely appreciate that. Um but yeah, and you just kind of, you just don't go there because there isn't a need. And like you said, it isn't about um, why won't they wake up? They may never, and that's not my place to um, even have an opinion about, honestly, for that. Um, and I just have to walk my path and and stay true to that. Um, so I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. May I ask another question or do you want to move on to Scott and come back around? I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> let me go to Scott and come back around. Okay. But, but I do want to speak to something you just said. And and sure. I, I just want to give you an experience of what I'm believing. And again, not that I'm teaching, uh, but just to share with you where I've come is I, I have a firm belief that God is patient and that he's not willing that any shall perish, but that all shall return back to their full understanding of oneness with him. And I have come for me personally in my explorations. I believe in this thing called reincarnation. And I think we get as many duos overs as it takes. And I believe that ultimately, whether it's this lifetime 
or a hundred lifetimes or, you know, 10,000 lifetimes from now, ultimately we're all going to experience the oneness with one another. I agree. You're, you're right. Knowing well, that that time will come. I don't come. know. I don't know that I'm right. It's what I believe. <laughs> right. I believe that as well with you. I love it. And, and, <laughs> yes. and, and we'll come back for some more questions. Okay. All right, Sounds Scott, great. you're up, my friend. Thank you for joining us. How can I be of any support or encouragement? You'll have to unmute yourself down there. There's a little microphone down at the bottom right. And if you tap that, Scott, and Scott may have actually left the room. I've, I've been in Clubhouse and facilitated enough of these rooms to, to know that sometimes uh, things. Scott, if you're there, I'll give you one more shout out here. Scott, uh, it is your turn. Feel free to hit that microphone button at the bottom right-hand corner and unmute. All right. No worries. We'll come back to Scott next. Uh, Greg, you have another question. Take it away. Well, that's excellent, Cliff. Thank you. Yeah, you know, as, as you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, I like that expression you said, the uh, the tribe that has my vibe. Uh, um that's pretty awesome. You know, and I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if the tribe is, you know, people who are accepting that not everyone has to believe like them, you know, and it, that seems to be kind of a binary thing. I mean, either people are accepting of others with different beliefs and don't necessarily feel the need to convince everyone around them or they don't. Um, I'm glad because uh, none of my family watches Fox News, but I do, and they've they've managed to uh, not shun me yet. So I, I suppose there's still time. But um, so I, here, here's my question, Cliff. Um, I am a computer scientist, and I'm you know f uh, fascinated endlessly by artificial intelligence. And this may have seemed like a way out there question, you know, ten years ago, but I think. Um, at least from what I've been able to tell, this whole concept of you know potential runaway AI. I'm wondering if if one day AI sort of exhibits the same I am I amness sort of behavior. At least looking at it externally, um, I'm wondering what that will um, you know what your thoughts are on how that might impact people's own view of their own spirituality. You know, if we have, uh, I mean, and, and I guess it's similar to the question of, uh, you know, do do our pets have uh, that same sort of sense? And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I know that you're um, a futurist and a technologist. Um, I'm just wondering what your take is on sentient AI and if you think AI could ever become self-aware and what that might, what the impacts might be. So kind Greg, of an out there question. That's fine. I'm, I'm, it is ask me anything. So uh, I have heard a lot of talk about those sorts of things ever since it was just part of sci-fi and, and before AI was something that was readily available to each of us. I'm kind of blown away by AI myself and, and things of that nature. I have heard the questions of this. Quite frankly, it's never been something for me that seems to be such of a topic of importance that I could see how it actually matters to me. So that that's my own personal experience is that, you know, can an can a computer system 
become self-aware and 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 uh, attain a level of of consciousness or whatever I, I, as far as i'm concerned it's it, it yeah I, I just don't see how the answer or exploration of that question for me personally actually changes how i live my life in the present moment and so it's not one that i give myself a lot of a lot of brain power too. So I don't have an opinion on it. And it, it, by the way, it, it let's just, I, I am aware that some people believe that it's absolutely possible and that it will happen. And if it does, boy, what an incredible ride and experience it will be to explore that path. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And I'm still going to be exploring the wonderful paths that are available to me. And I do have some pretty crazy out there esoteric beliefs uh, and, and possibilities, not necessarily conclusions, but I'm open to the possibility that anything and that everything that could ever be perceived, that there is a potential version of the universe where that is in existence. So if you ever seen the movie Anything, Every or Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and there's this one scene where two characters actually show up and they're in a version of the universe where they're rocks having a conversation with each other, uh, if you can dream that up, it's a possibility. Then somewhere, some way, there's a universe in which that exper- that that is actually happening. So there's a part of me that's open to that possibility, and so I would say if you believe it's a possibility and that it can happen, I, there's a very high likelihood that you could, as what a gentleman by the who uh, Daryl Anka, who channels a uh, being known as Bashar will say that you can quantum jump into a timeline where that will exist. <laughs> that's 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 my thoughts on that, Greg. <laughs> does that answer that question for you? Well, it certainly does. Yeah, I know it's it's a little uh, it's a little out there. I was just uh, um, I I mostly just wanted to see how you'd handle that uh, far out question, but I I am interested in. Uh, um, I was no. I've, Thank you for sharing your thoughts. I mean, I think it is important because it is kind of a what if and um, but your point about, you know, well, how how germane is it really to <laughs> to, uh, you know, day to day things, you know, it, it, that's, it, it that's may, a good point. It may be germane to day to day things, but it, for me, when I evaluate the conversation or the topic, I ask myself in this lifetime, as my ego personality, Cliff Ravenscraft, am I involved in the decision-making progress process of how that evolves and what it is and all this other stuff? To me, I've currently determined and discerned that, yeah, that one's not to be on my radar. There's enough, there's a 7 billion, almost 8 billion people on the planet, maybe over 8 billion at this point. And if, you know, there, there are other people out there who can work on those sorts of things. And one of the things that I feel pretty much that I want to do is raise my own level of consciousness, make sure that other people are supported on their journey of raising their levels of consciousness so that overall there will be an impact on the average mass consciousness of humanity. And that's, that's really what I'm all about. Understood. All right, Fiona, do you have a second question? Actually, wait, before we go to Fiona, Scott, why don't we give you another shot here? Um, I see that you said you unmuted, not sure why it's not working. Um, so give it another shot, hit that unmute button. And if it doesn't work, leave the room 
come back in and let's give it another shot. So he's just left the room. We'll give him just another moment here. And there's Scott and try to unmute now. There you are. How about that? Scott. Finally. Hey, I just, I want to say thank you to everybody. First of all, I've been sitting here for an hour and a half smiling near to ear. Um, just listening to this awesome conversation and I felt alone in this journey for quite a lot, quite a while. So this is great. Thank you, Cliff. And, and, uh, I feel like I, you know, know you really well and I've been following you, uh, and learning from you since 2013 and I'm a Cincinnati guy. Um, so I kind of feel like we have a lot in common and the journey sounds so familiar. Um, what I wanted to ask you, um, you know, coming also from pretty much similar, uh, Christian background, everything's very doctrine heavy, book heavy, study heavy. Everything's kind of concentrated there. It seems like it all revolves around that. Um, And in the last 10 years, I've really been enjoying exploring experiences, uh, much more so than just doctrine and and study materials. Um, And on July 3rd, I had, I would rank it in the top two spiritual experiences of my life. Um, but I have shared it with no one. I'm not sure why I feel like one part of me feels like it's, it's sacred and I shouldn't. The other part is I don't want to set expectations for other people coming into this. Um, and then I think, you know, the third part is I'm just reserved because I don't know anyone else that's going through this stuff and, and I'm scared or shy to share it. So if you're willing um, and you've kind of really opened on it a little bit, but is there any one or two mystical experiences that you had that might be kind of uh, shocking for your peers to hear uh, or your your former church pastors or anything like that that you'd be willing to tell us? Sure. I, I'm delighted to do that, Scott. And 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 yeah, because I've, I've determined that the, the Band-Aid's been ripped off now. So here here. So I went to Sedona, Arizona. And my wife and my wife's the one who wanted to go there. She's been very interested in hearing about, you know, the energy vortexes that are out there. So we go out to Sedona and we visit this place called Rachel's Knoll. And on this elevated area, there's this little sandy, rocky area that has this beautiful, gorgeous tree. There's actually Two, so, so if you can imagine, there's a little baby tree and a mama tree and a papa tree. It's like three, you know, th- the three little bears, the three, the three trees here. So I, I'm, by the way, I'm looking at this image right now on my desktop. I took the most gorgeous uh, photo for my, my computer desktop. So I, we go to this area. And the tour guide, which, by the way, we had this. This is this is just one of those standard tours of energy vortexes. The tour guide knew as much as he read on Wikipedia and had in his training session about all of this stuff. But he was knowledgeable enough to tell us what you know what everybody says about these places. And he says this vortex right in front of this tree is what's called a downward vortex. And it and it basically, if you stand in this area, you'll feel a, a, a sensation of, of it pulling energy downward into the, out of your body, down into the ground. And you might feel a sense of euphoria. 
And then he says there's an also an upward vortex over here and in this separate section, and you might feel uh, some uplifting or you might find yourself very energized or excited, if you will. So I and and I I will let share Stephanie share her experiences at some point in the future, but I will share my experience. So I went over to this area where there's this downward vortex, and as soon as I sat down on this rock, I had this overall sensation that every single thought and emotion or anything that was not peace, I felt it from the top of my head, the crown of my head, all the way through my entire body, everything that was not peace literally drained out of my body and and soaked itself into the ground. It was everything that was not peace was pulled out of my body. So I just, I did, I sat there on that, on that rock and I only felt peace and a sense of euphoria. Now, um, here's here's what happened. So next, they're they're over in the up or upward area. I didn't have any experience there, but while everybody else is in this upward area, and there's about seven people on our tour, I think including myself and my wife. So my my wife is is and and these other people are behind me. I go back over to the peace and euphoria area, and I go over to this tree. And in fact, I've since looked it up, and it's considered to be quote unquote a sacred tree. Now, as I'm approaching the tree, because we're in a canyon, so from Rachel's Knoll, there is a 360-degree view of the most gorgeous mountains of Sedona, these beautiful red rocks and many formations. It's just absolutely stunning. But because the knoll itself is very high elevated, there's a lot of wind, but it's not like gusts of wind. It is a consistent flow of wind. And... All I can tell you is as I approached back into the vortex area in front of the tree, all of a sudden, the wind became a song. It was like music. It was, it was, it's like the wind was singing to me. And in fact, I almost felt as though the wind was speaking to me. I then felt intuitively that I should take my hand and put it and place it on this particular branch. The minute I did that, the 300, of course, I did close my eyes, but my awareness of where I was disappeared. All of the voices of the people who were behind me, you know, during the rest of the tour, all of their voices disappeared. And all of a sudden, all I could feel was the wind on my body. However, what's interesting was that I didn't only feel the wind on my body. I felt the wind on every branch and every leaf on this tree as if the tree were my body. I became one with that tree. I then took my hand off of the tree and then I turned around and looked, and everybody was in the tour jeep waiting for me. I don't know how long my hand was on that tree, but that was my mystical experience. That was, that was, that was an incredibly powerful experience of recognizing that I am one with all that is. That I am, that my my body even is a cell within the organism of the universe. 
So that's that's just one experience, Greg, that I could tell you about. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Scott. Beautiful. Scott, Scott thank you. I, I uh, apologize. Th- yeah, thank you. It's awesome. Any other question for you, Scott? No, that's it. That's the one I had in mind for today. All right. So we'll go back over. Fiona, did you have a second question? Okay, I think that she's not unmuting. So, Chris. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I, my phone was in my pocket. I just had to go to the supermarket to get milk for my son because he's run out of milk. Um, no, I didn't have any further questions, but um, yeah, thanks for sharing, Cliff. And thanks, everyone, for your really. I don't know. It's been, I've really, I can't tell you what I've gotten out of today's experience. So I'm incredibly grateful to all of you and for you, Cliff. So that's it from me. Um, Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to continuing to be part of the community. Excellent. Thank you, Fiona. All right, Crystal, load me up with some questions. Okay. And uh, again, I apologize for any background noise I am in the car. I recently left a career of 22 plus years, COVID was the instigator of me saying it's time to change paths. And I'm still exploring what what this path, where it's going. I don't even know. Um, and in the three years since COVID, I've obviously left that job. I've moved states. There have been so many dynamic changes. It's just I'm, I'm rolling along with it. But one of those changes is one of my previous co-workers in that career um, somebody who I managed, we were very close at work and we also connected on a vibe. She knew that I was very open to, you know, spiritual new age crystals, things like that. So we were very close. Well, she also has left, um, that traditional employment path and has a, her own YouTube. And I've learned so much more about her and her spirituality. She was the first person to expose me to light language. I saw a transmission that she had recorded and put on vi- on YouTube and my rational mind was trying to tell me like what is this like I don't even know what's going on yet there was something that compelled me to just listen to the whole thing um and I just kind of was like okay clearly in terms of the spiritual realms of the areas of connection what I'm aware of what I'm not aware of you know she's leagues ahead of me I wanted to say um you know I hate to judge it that way it was just a place I'm not familiar with but it was very interesting to me so that aside then when you started talking about it I was like what is this so I would like to know more of what you can share about light language awesome so light language I did an episode in May of last year It's episode number 140 of the EOTC podcast. So if you're listening to the EOTC podcast right now, just go back a couple of episodes to episode number 140. It's titled, What is Light Language? For those of you who are on Clubhouse or are listening to the replay on Clubhouse, I just put a pinned link in there. So uh, there's an entire, that's, uh, that's an one hour and 12 minute podcast episode on everything I think about light language. And I'm sure I did it much greater justice than what I'll do in this short little thing. But if I were to explain it just really quickly off the top of my head, the way that I would describe light language right now is that it is the language of my soul. 
It is the language of my spirit. It is the language of my higher self without a filter, without any agreement about anything about what things mean. It is just the the purest, unfiltered way of expressing who I am. If if you will, there are times in my in my feeling about light language. So what? So sir, first of all, language. What is language? It is a form of communication. It's a form of expression. And then what is the light part of it? The light is the energy part, and it's the beyond this world part. So if if we think of ourselves, if you've heard in some circles that we are energy, we are light. So that that that's who we are as identity. So it is the language of who we are outside and unattached to our ego perceptions and our beliefs and the quote-unquote dream of the planet, if you will, all of the agreements that we've made about things here materially. So it's, it's, it is language beyond, beyond that. However, light language can be expressed, this language of the soul can be expressed, for me, this is the way I see it, in a number of different ways. One, it can be through the experience of what appears to be a language, but maybe a language that's unknown or unrecognizable. Um, and certainly there's plenty of environments, as you've become aware of people out there that that speak this light language. And if you were to do go to TikTok and just do a search for a light language, you'll see tons of experiences of light language, which seem to be pretty much focused on that version of light language. But I've been using light language all night long ever since this clubhouse room has started. And so light language doesn't have to be some unintelligible word, but there have been many times where the words that I'm speaking are not the words of the personality, ego, and memory or knowledge that has been acquired by my persona slash ego Cliff Ravenscraft, but there's been many things that I felt energetically within that I should say. There have been a couple of times where it's like, you know what, this has just come up for me, and maybe I should say this, and and I am literally speaking the words as they're coming to me, and that I consider to be light language. It's a another word for this is channeling, if you will, channeling that higher self, that higher consciousness that you are, the I am consciousness. Um, I think sometimes if you've ever, any anybody who's ever been in an incredibly good mood in their entire life, if they ever went, <laughs> and they just hummed, and maybe it's not a song they've ever heard, they just hummed, you know, it, all of it, that is light language in my mind, that is light language. Another form of light language that I've experienced is journaling. Uh, there's another technical word for, that's been given to it in certain spiritual communities called automatic writing. So I will oftentimes go into my journal and I'll be doing a handwritten journaling or I, I could do a typing as well. And I will consciously think about what I'm you know, recalling, what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and I'm, I'm documenting this stuff and I'm writing these things down. And then... I will experience a feeling of just just stream of thought, if you will, and more stream of energy. I will begin writing, and sometimes I am literally writing words that when I write the first few letters, I don't know what the last letters of the words are. They're just coming to me that quick. They're coming in real time. So, and, and I experienced this, but, but, 
the speaking part of it, I experienced a lot when I was a pastor at a church. There have been many times when I would uh, prepare a sermon and the things that I felt like would be beneficial and the things that I had studied and all this other stuff, and I'd get up on a platform and and preach on a Sunday, and then all of a sudden, just something like, the, the if you will, the Spirit of God is how I would have described it before, but my higher self began to speak through me. And I began to say things that I'd never heard before. This happens to me a great deal in coaching conversations. So there is certainly um, many various different forms of light language. And in my in my experience, what I believe is that anything that is the unfiltered expression of what you are sensing within in whatever form it takes, whether it be a song, whether it be... It, it, whether it be the, some seeming unintelligible language or if it's actually communicated in an intelligible language or even written or whatever, anything that is from energy origin without filter, that for me personally is what I consider to be light language. Does that answer it for you? Yes, thank you very much. And I appreciate the expanded viewpoint on it um, because so far my exposure to it has been limited. Um, so I look forward to exploring it more and I definitely appreciate um, your viewpoint and exploration of it. So thank you. I exp- When I was first exposed, okay, well, first of all, I was exposed to light language in the Pentecostal church when I was 14, 15 years old and I was told that it was speaking in tongues there. And I, and I talk about this in episode 140, so I'm not going to go through all of that. But here's what I will tell you is that when I was, when I was exposed to it again here on Clubhouse back in 2020, I would go into rooms and I would be fascinated by light language. And some people's light language resonated with me, which basically means their energy and their vibration resonated with me. And there was dissonance with other people's light language. Like their energy was way off from my energy and it, it, it just did not resonate. And as a result of that, um, I, I, I was just fascinated in these rooms and sometimes I would just go up on stage just to be in this present and I just listened to all these people do all these different light languages. I didn't know anything about it. And then finally somebody says, Cliff, do you want to, do you want to express light language? Do you, you know, do you have anything to add? And I'm like, and, and I was just uh, being the person I, I don't understand any of this stuff, what's going on here. And they explained to me what it is and, and stuff like that. And, and then after that, I began to privately experience light language in my times of meditation. And I'm like, I must be making this up. And so eventually I went back to it. I found another light language room and I said, you know, I I had this experience. They said, Cliff, you're definitely not making this up. And so they said, do you want to do it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then um, I, I'm, and this room went on for probably four or five hours and I'm just listening for four or five hours and they were about ready to close down. And then finally I said, wait a second, before you close the room down. And then I, I just allowed myself to express whatever came out. And it was, and, and the energy release that I had in my body, the euphoria that I experienced was like, wow, Cliff, you just overcame a massive limitation on your expression of who you are. And it, it just, that just opened up a whole new avenue of, of spiritual growth. For me 
And then, um, sin, and now I, I was very much involved in this community and it's very easy to be, uh, you know, open-minded about light language. Of course, I got so, I, I got so heavily supported in my light language that I was able in May of 2022 to actually record episode 140. This is during that time I was being coached by my coach that I told you about. So, um, at this point, I'm like, you know, heck yeah, every, you know, this is just who I am, light language cliff, you know, and there's me actually channeling a, a Native American shaman at the end of episode 140. Ah, but, um, and, and at the time, I, it's just like light language would just come up everywhere. I, there would be times where I'd be sleeping in the middle of the night, it would come up and, and it's just all this other stuff. And, it, ever since I finished that coaching relationship with um, Fabian, my coach, I you know got ex- I went in and explored some other areas and stuff like that. I had lost a bunch of clients because of my spiritual stuff, and 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 I I I went back into a little bit more ego persona and let me do things to be accepted, blah blah blah, this and that, and I slowly kind of just you know yeah let me just die let me just tone down my spiritual expression a little bit out there publicly. And so much so that sometimes there are several times over the past year that I felt very, um, very self-conscious ego personality or persona felt very self-conscious about leaving episode number 140 in, in the EOTC podcast. It's like, what would people think if they heard that? But uh, every single time I considered deleting that episode, my higher self said, yeah, no, no, that, that you earned that one, keep it. And so I said, okay. But uh, here's what I will tell you is that every single time I do a coaching conversation one-on-one with someone, and this, and I do mean this, every single time, I am in such a high vibration, energetic channeling state that as soon as that Zoom call is disconnected and as soon as all of the recordings that they're going to hear has been stopped, I have an absolute explosion of of light language that, that just instantly happens. And it's like a decompression of all, there, it's like, it's just like, <gasps> yeah, so that's my experience. When you let go of what no longer aligns with you, then you can make room for what does. That's what Luann says. Thank you says. for sharing. My pleasure. I have a, just one more little question on that aspect. So for those individuals who are, are more interested in connecting at that level, what practices would you recommend to engage in to create the opening for such space? Well, first, I would encourage if you're open to it, and I and again, this is something, I, and I want to just express this for anybody listening to the recording. If this isn't resonating with you, this is one of those things you might choose to just chuck to the side and say, "Hey, there's been a lot of value in this recording, but this light language stuff, uh, that's just not for me." But for somebody like Crystal, and and you are, you know, you want to be open to this. One of the things that I would encourage you to understand is that you are already using light language on a pretty consistent basis. Your your higher self is expressing itself, and in fact, I one of the, I, I forgot to mention one of the highest forms of light language expression is art. 
So every single time you create a piece of art, Crystal, you have expressed light language. So know this, that you're already an expert at light language. Now, if you want to um, express yourself in light language in the ways that you're thinking about it as being exposed to you know, these people with different things, I would, in, I would encourage you to jump into a room where people do light language. In fact, if you click on my bio here on Clubhouse, let me tell you, there is a room that there is a place where I will tell you that you could go. It's called Soul Communication. It's a house here on Clubhouse. Soul Communication, and it's uh, Diana um, Diana Maara Divine. So Diana Divine, and that is the very first room that I ever spoke light language in. She hosts. Matter of fact, she's got a room. Let's see here, July twenty fifth at eight p.m. Eastern time, so that's her, that's her next gathering. If you go there, I'm I'm sure that you'll you'll hear people express light language in that room, and she will oftentimes give other people. And it's a very safe safe place for you if you want to try it with other people. Now, for me, what I did is once I began to understand and give myself self permission to to have light language. Um, so Lana is asking, how many different life languages do you speak? Uh, so my experience, if you're talking about the vocal expression of light languages, I've heard probably about maybe five or six different dialects that have come out. There's been some, my, my number one that has come out has been more of a, like a native American shaman. Uh, I've had some that sound very Egyptian. I've had some that seem very alien. Um, so, but for me, uh, there, there have been multiple different, very distinct sounding light languages that I have, have experienced. But if for me to answer your question though, Crystal is one of the things that I did was I went into meditation and I opened up my day one app, which has the ability to record and once I got into a very deep meditative state, I began to just hum. And as I began to hum, I recognized that all of a sudden I felt led to do more than hum. And, and all of a sudden now I, I'm beginning to just allow my, kind of like when I say that I'm writing the words, but I don't know what it's going to come out. I just allowed myself to start experiencing it. And so I can do it on demand now. So I could go instantly into And so I could go in and out of that. And by the way, I've never heard that, that dialect or expression before. But it's something, it's a frequency that I'm currently turn, tuned into as an aspect of my soul. And, but, but that's just how it happened. I just allowed myself to go. I was like, hmm, I, I felt led to go, and just without judgment of myself, without questioning, am I just making this up? Am I doing gibberish? Which, you know, the, I, I had to let go of all of that self-judgment. And and that's how I experienced it. And then it, it took, like I said, it took a lot for me to have courage 
to go into a room and express it for the very first time. But it got to the place where I started to show up and I was like singing uh, shamanic uh, Native American song, like, you know, it did ceremonial song. And, and and anybody who's ever known the persona of Cliff Ravenscraft knows that I've never sang out loud in my life. So uh, it was it was quite interesting. So that, does that answer that question for you? Yes. And you really hit the nail on the head speaking about art um, with the move and the changes I've made in my life. I haven't made any art in probably at least a year or two. And um, and I need to. I just have to make the space for it and not think about, oh, well, you know, jobs and money and any of that real world ego stuff. I just need to connect in that way again. And so you saying this today is like, well, how many ways does somebody have to tell you what you need to be doing? So thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. It is my sincere pleasure. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been here tonight on this call. It has been such an honor. Uh, For those of you who are listening to the replay, whether it's on Clubhouse, whether it's here in the EOTC, Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast, what an honor it is to have you on this journey, uh, to to know that this is a safe space. If you weren't able to make it tonight and you want to be notified of future rooms where you can come in and, and engage with me, you can ask any question you want as it relates to spiritual awakening, the deconstruction journey process. Um, I'm going to, for for the foreseeable future, I'm going to host rooms like this ask me anything format. There will be future environments where I will bring in people who have a a lot of experience in various different practices, spiritual paths, things of that nature. There's a little bit of that in the archives from episode 135 through 139 uh, actually, uh, one well, from one episode one thirty five all the way up until recent episodes, there's some good stuff in the EOTC podcast that'll give you at least an exploration of the different kinds of things that might come up as topics. But now, very much in advance, letting people know of these opportunities to come to hear this live, to ask questions as you're exposed to it, uh, to participate. There's going to be a lot of different things, and I have ideas and a vision of opportunities for in-person events and things of that nature. So I am super delighted. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to go to awakening.cliffravenscraft.com, awakening.cliffravenscraft.com. Sign up for that email newsletter to or email list to be notified of all of these upcoming events as they're happening links to recordings and stuff of that uh, nature. Check out, if you're listening to the podcast episode, there'll be a link in the show notes. And for those of you on Clubhouse, you can go all the way to the beginning of this recording. The pinned link at the very beginning of the room had the link there as well. And uh, thank you all so much. And I I can't say how much I, I love you all and appreciate you. And I am looking forward to future opportunities for us to share these sacred spaces, encouragement, and love and unconditional acceptance of one another for the paths that we're on and for who we're deciding to be in this world. Many blessings. Talk to you soon.